This is The Great Conversation, episode one, looking at the preface to the great books of the Western world. So we're going to start by talking about the history and the purpose of the great books of the Western world. And we're starting with the preface, obviously written by Hutchins, who was the editor yes. of the great books of the Western world. This was 1952. And you might think that what he has to has to say is not relevant. It is so many like we are things. reading something that was written today. Yeah, outside of him not mentioning TikTok and Clubhouse, I mean, he is spot on. The way he speaks on. about people and education yes. and how we are operating as a society seems very relevant. 100%. The history of the great books of the Western world, why Hutchins and Adler, who was his assistant editor, yeah. um, University of Chicago, the history of, okay, what are the great books? Why did they even decide to collect these amazing works of art yeah. from what the Western makes civilization? Them great? Why did they pick these out of yes. all the works of the past uh, thousands of years? Right. 2,500 years is what they chose. And yes. the history is that these were the educational tools. There were there was no one, at least in elite society, that was reading and learning and being privileged to a, a liberal arts education that didn't know what the great books were, the books that really shaped society. Western yeah. civilization is what we're talking about here. Obviously, we're not talking about the whole world. We're not talking yeah. about the East. We're talking about Western civilization and how we've been shaped. And it was an educational tool. And everyone that was in elite um, in elite society knew what these great books were. So Hutchins and Adler thought these need to be in the education of every adult mm. in the West. Right. How can I we put these into the hands of not just the elite, right. but everybody? Right, because we are in current day United States of America where the lower class is we don't have the poverty like we're talking about in India. Yeah, if you're in the in lower in the in the essence of the income level of the lower class of America, you are the top one percent of the world. Right. So in essence yes. you are elite, so right. to speak, and as far as right. the world's concerned. And we're not being insensitive here to say not. that there are not some people that don't have a form of income that are yes. somewhat of poverty. It's just not comparable to other parts of the world when yes. we actually look at numbers. And so those that are in poverty, of course, they might not have the opportunity. But for the most part, almost everyone in the United States has the opportunity to have a form of education. And so yes. Hutchins' idea of this, you know, as we go through the this the great conversation which we're talking about now we're not yeah. actually in the great books we're in a piece of work that was written yes. by Hutchins. we're learning the reason to read the great books as people who have yet to read the great books mm. wanting others to come along this journey with us yes. to say hey we want to have the liberal arts education that is due to us right. that, that we need in order to live as democratic citizens of mm. the west yes and i love oh my goodness i love my favorite quote in the preface go for we're it. just in the preface yeah and we're gonna actually look in the book is we believe that the reduction of the citizen to an object of propaganda private and public is one of the greatest dangers to democracy and you might say wow that's kind of harsh you know is that really where we're at right now but when we actually break it down and we look at where society is today do I'm just gonna look at myself yeah. do I know enough about our society and do I have enough of a liberal arts education so that I know enough about the sciences I know about the poetry, I know about history, etc. that economics, let's just talk about economics, yeah. that I can actually yeah. require from my government officials the information that's due to me as a citizen so yes. that I can make an informed 
decision. And if we don't know how to ask for that information, if we don't know that information, then are we really informed citizens or are we just ignorant walking around accepting whatever propaganda yes. we are being fed? Yeah, which is then why he says it's the fall of, in a sense, it's the fall of democracy mm -hmm. because democracy is the people voting, is the people coming together and saying, this is what we want. But if we don't know what we want other than the propaganda we're sold, mm -hmm. then we are not properly educated to be strong democratic citizens. Right. And so, that is the purpose Right, the history of it. Uh, you know, and history of why these books came together. Right, and so then the tradition, what he talks about in the preface is the tradition of the Western civilization, and he gets into it later in his book, and we will go into that in other episodes, but the tradition of the West is embodied in the Great Conversation, and the Great Conversation is the dialogue, the fact that as Western civilization, we have inquiry. And this just gives me goosebumps because I yeah. love the fact that we just ask and we have conversation and we say, this is my opinion, but I I also could be open to listening to your opinion. And yeah. I, let's turn over every stone, look at every angle and really talk about it. And we've kind of lost that. We've, we've lost, I was about to say, we've lost that. We've, we've, we've gone to the, to more of a argument standpoint mm -hmm. rather than a true back and forth dialogue right or just cancel nope you yeah you said i don't like what you said you're done yeah you're, so you're we off we really want to get back to let's have a conversation let's return to that amazing part of western civilization that we're going to talk about every angle because we are going to grow as a person in that way yes so the second point to really nail home is these books are not just for leisure these are a true liberal arts education that in essence, we should have gotten in school. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we were told that we were getting a liberal arts education. We both went to a liberal arts college. But what seemed to happen is we seemed to have learned about the books and we've seemed to be told the ideologies of the books mm -hmm. without actually digging in and reading them ourselves right. and developing a true understanding of each book and how they built upon each themselves. Right, because for the most part, if you read what a scholar would say about these books is that the common man can't understand these books. It's too complicated. Yeah. So we're going to create textbooks so that the common man can learn about them when in fact, and Hutchins talks a lot about this, that we are capable and these men that wrote these books were they were teachers within themselves. They taught people around them as well as being liberal artists. And so they wrote these books that are foundational to Western civilization. We have moved forward answering questions like, what is a soul? Is God real? What is the purpose to life? And these authors throughout the last 2,500 years, these books that they have chosen to be in this collection really are the foundation to what we need to start with with this liberal education. They're yeah. just a foundation. And when you say foundation, what um, Hutchins explains is he says they didn't pick any books that could not be explained outside of themselves. Right. They only picked books that the book explains the book. Hmm. So it's like not like you need another book to understand the book. You might need books previously yes, because that because they build upon each other. Yes. Because say for instance, um, one thing we always come back to is Divine Comedy. Divine Comedy is understandable because of previous works in math mm -hmm. and science um, and other poetry mm -hmm. that built into where Dante then wrote Divine Comedy. So you have to read the books to then understand them, but you'll never be left with a book and no explanation either prior or in that book. And that's not to say that it's not going to be hard. This it's be is tough. not leisure I started Homer last night. Yeah. We wow. are really going to be growing our minds mm -hmm. and there's going to be a lot of doors that have to be unlocked. Yes. There's going to be some hard work, but the author 
does not need a scholar to explain. Yeah, and work. the issue with that is then you get the the scholar's own ideology, own background, own life view, own experiences. We want to take the experiences of the author. We want to take the words of the author and hopefully not apply all of our own ideologies and political views into the works. We want to understand the works as the works were written. Right, right. That's probably one of the most important things is you're coming on this journey with us, and I hope you do. And if you want to, you know, check out the books, they'll be in the description below the podcast or on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But we want you to come on this journey because we want this to truly be a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, we do. And, you know, you... We did mention that this is a collection that Hutchins and Adler put together. And so I kind of want to talk a little bit yes. about the Synopticon. Yeah. So if these books don't have any intros that the scholars wrote and they just explain themselves, then what? why not just go out and buy these books individually? <sighs> why buy this collection? And yeah. part of what's so amazing about, about buying the collection is that they come with the Volume 1 and Volume 2 Synopticon. Yes. The first volume, you know, the first edition that came out in the 50s, there were some works that were not included because yep. Adler and Hutchins felt that they weren't for various reasons, and you'll find that out in the conversation, yeah. the great conversation yeah. preface. This I recommend preface, getting this. Right. It, it is more of a collector's item. It is not in yeah. print anymore, and they did not reprint it with yes. the second volume that came out when they re, when they you know, took critique from their audience and added some different works. But the Synopticon that comes with, whether you get the first edition or the second edition, is yep. Adler's work and it yes. is amazing. Obviously had the help of several individuals yep. that were, have, you know, a lot of letters after their name. <laughs> and they read like through myself. so many different books deciding what was gonna be included and what wasn't. And then they created the Synopticon. Which, which is, is what? Well, it is so much. It's hard to explain <laughs> yeah. in a simple... At a base value. Yeah. It is, an, it is an index, so to speak. It is. It is an index. And if you want to do a lot of research through these books, if you have yes. an idea in mind and you want to search every book that's the in the meaning collection... The meaning of life. Right. If you want to search man and, you know, there's going to be a whole outline of different topics under man. And what they are mm -hmm. is they are every instance or every uh, moment in any of the books where one of the authors mentioned man and mm. what man is or the meaning of life right. for instance right. um, they include they include references from anytime those are those are referenced and you can go to the synopticon and if you're reading through a certain book let's say you're reading through homer and it says the the purpose of man then you can go okay well what did dante think of the purpose of man so then you go to man and you look it up in the synopticon right. and then you can see or all the different instances or, because the second edition of this collection it we start with homer yep and we end uh, with the, Freud, kind of, but then we also the 20th now century. have the 20th century. Yeah, it ended with Freud in uh, edition one, and now we have into the 20th century literature, sciences, mm -hmm. um, it, those have been included. Yeah. Which is good stuff. It's a lot. It looks yeah. beautiful on our shelves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now it's time to read. So know that we are, I, I don't want to say, you know, uh, okay, well, let's just, just back up. I'm a graphic designer with a Master of Fine Arts in Graphic Design. Uh, Annabelle is a registered nurse and uh, certified birth doula. So we have education. Um, but in my essence, in my essence, in my opinion, we are somewhat commoners as far as reading mm. these books are concerned. We are not psychologists. We are not uh, philosophers. philosophers. We are not academics. We are commoners, in my opinion. Mm. We have children. We work day jobs, or I work a day job. You're mom, yes. which I love. I'm a maid. You're, <laughs> gosh, no, you're so much more. Um, 
And so we are common in essence. And so we want you to come along with us in this great conversation. Mm. We want to push you. Uh, we want you to ask questions and, and dig deep and join this community in these great conversations. Now, let's get to the cost of the great books of the mm. Western world because the $2,000 new price tag or $1,000 used price tag seems outrageous. But let's talk about that real quick as we're finishing episode one here. When you think about it, these books have been translated into our language the original works translated could be 50 to hundreds of dollars. Depending on the translation. A piece. So we have books. We purchased a used set in great condition. I recommend that if you can find one. And that breaks down the 60 books or 60 volumes. Right, because there are... There are multiple books in each volume from each author. Mm -hmm. So that means it's about $16 a book. Mm. That's not half bad. And no. I consider these collectors that they're beautiful books. Mm-hmm. Now, if you even buy it new, that's still only $33 per volume. And I'm not trying to run an infomercial, but what I'm trying to say is like, guys, this is a this is truly a value. They're translating mm-hmm. all of these amazing ancient works of the past 2,500 years, 25 centuries. Right. Did I do the math right there? 2,500 years, yeah. Okay, good. I mean, obviously not all of them were in other languages. Yes. So they did some. Yes, but... A good deal of them were. So my point is, it is a true value to get this amount of liberal arts education Mm -hmm. and this organized with the Synopticons. Yeah. And I will end us with Adler and Hutchins really were carrying on the work of a man previous to to them. Yes, that's right. About 33 years of, 31 years of work into this. And their dream was that... We could take liberal education, which was for the elite, for the elite. previously. Yep. Everyone else had to work and support the society of the, the elite. And yeah. they were the ones who got to have this amazing Think about education. Mr. Darcy or Mr. Bingley in your favorite movie. Mm, Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, and no, but really no one else got to be like them. And Adler and Hutchins, they wanted everyone, the common yes. man. Me and you. Yeah, that really have to work a day job. Yep. They said, we get to have it. Yeah. And they didn't really get to see that happen in their lifetime. No, we, we they, they tried really hard. I think they sold a handful of copies, but truly it didn't get the, the wheels off the ground like they hoped. Right, because our education system is just so ingrained, you know, post-industrialization yep. that we are supposed to go to school, grade school, high school, and college to learn how to get a job. And, which, and contribute to society in a, in a cog-like manner. And then what do we do yeah. after that yeah. when we're not working? And so our dream is that we will continue the legacy yes. of what Adler and Hutchins started. To become artisans of life. Yeah. We will see you guys in episode two. See you later. What's your job?